This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. We're so excited to have Eat It Virginia here with Roby and Scott. Eat It Virginia is a podcast that offers a deep dive into the food, restaurants, and dining trends of Richmond and beyond. Scott and Roby aim to keep their listeners up to date on hot spots of dining, local chefs, and businesses that support local food. Um, today, we're going to hear from the founder of Virginia Foodie, Georgiana Deering. George is the owner of Water Street, a collaborative studio that creates strategic marketing tools for manufacturers of trusted brands. As part of their commitment to assisting regional, locally sourced food brands, the Water Street team launched VirginiaFoodie.com, a digital brand devoted to yummy advocacy, promoting the good food, good people, and good brands in and around Virginia. So I'd like to give these guys a big welcome. This is our first live podcast. We've been doing the podcast since February. It comes out twice a month, every other Monday. We interview uh, uh, local chefs, food people, people behind the scenes, marketing folks. We want to bring their stories to the audi- to our audience, not only from Richmond, but from all around the state. I see some people here that might want to be on the podcast. I talked to Rick back there, maybe Josh. How about that, guys? Think about that in your head. I know Ella Thompson, the Richmond Squirrels. Yeah, if anybody wants to appear on the podcast, you can send us an email. It's all the same. It's eatitvirginia at gmail.com. We're also on social media. It's eatitvirginia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, Scott, you had a wild weekend. Oh, a wild week this week. I did, Roby. Um, so, for those of you guys who weren't listening to the podcast recently, I took my children on a, a week-long vacation to Baltimore, New York, and Boston. And Roby was nice enough to ask uh, our audience where we should go and eat. Did you eat at any of the places they suggested? No. Ah. No. <laughs> um, for those of you uh, that have children or have traveled with children, you can kind of know you're at the whim of, you know, the little ones. But I was able to grab at least two or three meals that I think are worth noting. I actually wrote them down so I didn't forget. We're all waiting. Boston, I think, was my favorite eating destination, specifically the north end of Boston, uh, the Italian neighborhood. Oh, gosh, it was so good. We had uh, cannolis at Mike's Pastries. Any Boston fans here? Yeah, Mike's Pastries. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, we also had pasta at, oh, God, I, I should have read this name before I did a live I podcast. I think you should just butcher it, and then I'll find it I'll on Instagram it. and tell them how you forgot how Carisi, the Carisi, yeah. It was delicious. Um, we had a... Uh, it, it was a ristorante. Just go with that. Yeah. On Hanover Street in Boston. It was phenomenal. My daughter devoured her pasta. My son loved his bread, and uh, that's all he had was bread. Yeah, he, he's a cheap date. He, he gets the free bread that comes to the table. Then so am I, because I really like bread, too. But I heard that you had an amazing weekend, actually. You probably ate a little, a little bit more than I did, believe it or not. Well, I ate a lot more than you did, but just of one thing. And? What so was it? So much cheese. Where were you? We were at the American Cheese Society, which I, they had their conference here in Richmond this year, which is really kind of neat, because it's like 6,000 different types of cheese. A cheese conference. Uh, yeah, like so people who make cheese come cheese and they just life. Say, yeah. So describe it for me. Um, just like that, six oh, cells wow, okay. and cheeses. I did learn something. So I oh, know we're done. <laughs> that's right. it. Drop if you enter your cheese into this competition, which everybody did from all over the place, you have to enter it in the format in which it's made. So if you make an eighty-pound wheel of cheese, in order to be judged by the American Cheese Society, you have to enter that whole wheel. 
yes, Richmond benefited because we got to eat it all afterwards. Were you just there as, a, as an eater or were you judging as well? Well, you were there too, but kind of in the form of my sister. Oh. Yeah, we went. I had a great time. Virginia. You totally did. I'm sure I looked good. You, looked, you actually looked great. You were on point this time. All right. So what was your favorites? Oh, gosh, I had so many things, but I ate more goat cheese and more like burrata than, I mean, essentially I am like twice myself today. So we're without Booth because we're in a church, if you guys explain, didn't know that. Explain what Booth is or who Booth, Booth is. Booth is our podcast sommelier. He's yeah. from Barrel Thief, and usually he's here with wine. Today we have Bloody Marys. Yeah. Will, why don't you come on up? So we're going to have a little chat with Will from Back Pocket. He said I could call it Back Pocket because we know each other now. So Will's going to come tell us about his Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hi, Will. How are you guys? We're great. So tell me what you got going on here. Yeah, so we're Back Pocket Provisions, and uh, we're based here in Richmond on the south side. And we make Bloody Mary mixes from all locally grown tomatoes. And so now that we're in the heat of the season, we get to spend all of our waking hours uh, uh, working with farmers, bringing tomatoes into our, uh, our facility in Charlottesville, where we get to make good fresh tomato juice and mix them up in a couple of different recipes uh, and then share them with our customers at uh, retailers, restaurants, bars, pop-ups, wherever there are people who need a little Bloody Mary in their life. So all local Virginia tomatoes? Yes, all from of them. All over the place. So you really are up to your knees in tomatoes right now. Absolutely. Are you like, I love Lucying it, squishing them with your feet? Uh, I don't think, um, I shouldn't say that in case VDAX is listening. They're not. If they're, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and we, most of the time it means that like, if anyone ever tells bad jokes, we can throw rotten tomatoes at them, which is also a great part of the job. That's so fantastic. Well, cool. Tell me what we're drinking right yeah, here, because so, I want to um, know. I poured you guys, we've got a couple of different flavors, choosing. but I poured I'm you guys, we call this one Bloody Baja. And that's a little Southwest-style bloody. So that's uh, all fresh tomato juice with sweet corn, green chilies, and garlic, and a little bit of smoke. And we're really excited about that one because that just won double gold at International Spirits Competition. It was our first time nice dipping plug. a toe yeah, everybody into, here the, for uh, into the, the, the competition space, and we were happy with the feedback. So it's I like to do that with a little delicious. tequila. I snuck a little mezcal into yours. I felt like a little, little pick-me-up would be nice. because you like us. We're drinking in a church. <laughs> Why Bloody Marys? Why? What got you into this, uh, this area? So I've always loved tomato juice. Um, even, even, even as a kid, I liked to drink it um, uh, uh, just as a, as a sort of uh, beverage. It was always a, we were like a big Bloody Mary family. We always did it with uh, at, at holidays, and uh, it was always associated with celebrations. And so for me, it was a fun way of um, connecting back with something that I've always loved. And also, it's a cool way to work with growers to help use the stuff that's ripe and delicious but might not be the right size or shape for the grocery store or the farmer's market. So we can take uh, ugly produce and turn it into beautiful cocktails. Mm. Like that. Yep, that's that's going to be the name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> where can we find your mix? Um, well, you, you can always start out by checking us out on Facebook and Instagram at Back Pocket Provisions. Uh, but here in Richmond, you can find us on the shelf uh, where cool local grocery is sold. Check us out at Union Market, Libby Market, uh, Little House Green Grocery. Have a, have a lot of support in this room. Thank you guys very much. Uh, the Market at 25th, Stella's Grocery. Uh, Outpost and Southside. We just went into Shindigs. That's kind of fun. Um, on the bar at Cirrus Vodka or Virago Spirits. Uh, and then we like to do pop-ups all, 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 all over town. So south of the James, Birdhouse. And we'll be at Hardywood for the first time on Wednesday, 5 to 8. We also met them here. So thank you, Real Local RBA. Uh, so come out and see us there. Nice. Yeah. And if you guys are in this room, which like, people listening are not, you can taste it right over there. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Cool. Thanks, guys. So what do we have up next, Scott? 
think we have George. We do have George. You're right. That was a very blank face you just gave me. <laughs> I, like, I got to run down here, but uh, I thought you were going to ask me a trick question. No trick questions. George. Let's give it up for George, huh? Hi. I just My, wanted to prove to everyone that there was a live audience here. Oh, you wish me all the clapping. I think you just won applause. Well, you know. Everybody applaud for Scott. <laughs> so nice. Thank you. So hi, George. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm sad you didn't get any Bloody Mary mix. No, it's all right. But I was thinking maybe I... No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a disaster. So. so do you want to tell everybody who you are and a little bit about you? Or would you like us to do it? I think I you do. should do it. I'm George Deering, Georgiana Deering. At one point, it was important to be called George. I don't know why. But uh, I have Water Street Marketing in Winchester, Virginia, and I also own the brand Virginia Foodie, which is an, a digital publication that's celebrating the good food, good brand people, and good brands of Virginia. You guys have an Instagram. The reason why I wanted to do this and talk to Beth about it is you're, you're like one of the first Instagrams I've ever started following. You know, oh, about, thank you. I'm one of your 47,000 followers, <laughs> which is quite a bit, right? That's a ton. Um, and I watched you through, go through food, and every time you posted a photo, I was like, oh, I probably need to go to Quebec, or oh, I really need to check out this lobster place in Northern Virginia. So what started the Instagram? What started the Instagram? We started it for a couple reasons. Um, Virginia Foodie is kind of a passion project of mine, but uh, I've done work. I've been really fortunate to work for some pretty big national companies um, and worked for Pierce Food, ConAgra, um, a little bit for Pilgrim's Pride, a lot, of, a lot of chicken stories in there, but also for White House. Our, our business did support for White House for probably about 17 years. But I love the food industry, and um, I've always seen my career sort of transitioning away from the bigger brands and to support smaller brands, and Virginia Foodie is kind of our bridge for that. Um, I owned the URL for a while and didn't know what I was going to do with it, and uh, sort of watched what was happening with media and marketing, and we actually launched this as a test lab for ourselves. Um, Manufacturers are, they have interesting relationships with marketing because they are makers and then they are selling through uh, multiple channels. And I was watching our client base not take advantage of the changes in how people communicate. So we started Virginia Foodie as a lab uh, and it grew and um, we started seeing what was happening in our followers. We built this great community where they're connecting with each other. A um, lot of interest with, we've seen chefs and connect with farms in the comments of our articles, which is great. Um, and so we just started growing that from there. So I don't know if I answered all of your you questions totally, in one thing. So the Instagram started first just as a test. You were like, man, I'll just put some burgers on the gram and hope that somebody likes it. I mean, probably no, not I quite wanted that to simple, talk about, I specifically set out to talk about local food in Virginia. Um, I'm a marketer, and I care, I'm a person who cares about the source of my food, and I've been fortunate to be able to be a person like say, okay, this organic stuff costs a little more, but they need the market to make the market affordable, and so I've been interested in that all along. And um, I was doing some work with Virgin uh, 
VDAX and saw that there were these smaller companies that were starting to, um, they're on the cusp of breaking through, but they didn't have resources like my uh, other client base had. And I was like, I have these tools. I'm going to figure out how to put them in front of these businesses. So we made a community talking about local food because I care about it. I'm passionate about it. And uh, I, I wanted, I thought, I can make an audience that a smaller business may not be able to do. So I have a question from one of our Instagram. We put it up on Instagram asking our audience to ask physical questions of Virginia Foodie. So here's one of them, which ties right into this. When you promote a local product, how do you ensure its quality? Because you do have 47,000 followers, and that's a lot of Spanish to cover Virginia the state. A lot of our content is provided by our community, and we will look at it, and we sort of backtrack to get the rest of the story. We go back to businesses that are already telling the story of local, uh, already communicating it. Um, Are they able to um, find the source? That's for our our permanent lists online. Um, We have four lists on our website, Eat, Drink, Dine, and Grow. Um, Eat is uh, manufacturers in Virginia who are uh, committed to sourcing local. So like our Bloody Mary brand today, that definitely qualifies for that list. Uh, Dine is uh, the restaurant list, which gets probably the most traffic. Uh, Drink are craft breweries and vineyards and other beverage manufacturers within the state. And then grow are the farmer's markets. So we are, we're trying to, to identify these businesses and kind of be a resource for our followers. And uh, I think I ran out of where I was going. <laughs> you mentioned you had a passion for local food and where your food comes from. Where, where does that passion come from? I think it's my, just my interest in cooking. Um, Somebody asked me, was your mom a good cook? No. <laughs> so I had to learn as an adult, like, what makes good food. Um, I've just been in, I uh, am interested in there being fewer additives. And uh, there's a lot of industrial, <laughs> industrialized things on our shelf that aren't really necessary. And so that's where it came from. Personal passion. Just it's fresh is good. So I want to make sure we stress this whole thing started out not as a marketing thing. You were not planning on making sponsored posts on this Instagram, correct? Yeah, that actually came from our community, and we kind of were getting a lot of pressure for it. I mean, we've had some nice alliances with things like Virginia Wine, one of our like very first partners in this, and, and love that because we're all about kind of the same thing. Um, but we were we get a lot of requests for paid promotion and um, it kind of came from them and so we kind of knocked together a media kit really quickly and we're doing that um, as like oh okay this thing can be paying for itself that way and we're kind of shifting to a few new um, ways of funding the the site we launched merch this year wearing a t-shirt and we have an online store Uh, we're going to give a coupon for any of your listeners that'll be valid up through August 15th because I know that the podcast is going to live around for a while but it's eat it va 19 um, so if you go online nice name. 
Yeah, I know. Huh? It's nice. in, your, in honor of this, the Eat at VA19. Um, so anyway, we're doing some merch for that. Um, I, I don't I'm know if I'm helping. I love merchandise. Yeah. I think it's great. I see some nice bags back there. You could use a purse, Scott. Always. Um, we were talking before, before we went live about the beautiful photos that are on your Instagram and how they're all such mouthwatering desserts, appetizers, main courses. And I asked you if you've tried all the food that you've posted, and you kind of gave me a look. No, we have not. I think people think that we're restaurant reviewers and that we're traveling around the state um, trying meals everywhere. And what we're really doing is telling the story of local food and how it gets to people who care about that. So a lot of our, it's curated content. We look for it. Um, People are sharing a lot of stuff for us, including baby pictures, which are lovely and I like them, but we are not going to put them on our Instagram because our story is about local food. And so the interesting thing is when we started out, the quality of photography was not great, but um, we're getting better and better imagery. And that's Uh, what I was going to ask you next because I'm a terrible food picture taker. And so that's the technical term, right? Food picture taker, food, food picture FPT, taker. yeah, mm-hmm. for short. Um, so, is there a have you noticed a trend in the photos that you post? Which ones do better than others? And others, is there anything that ties them all together? Oh my goodness, I could tell you. Yes, um, we. That's one of the things is we are watching what's happening to our content and learning from it, which is the whole nature of kind of running one of these accounts. But. Um, Things that are over-the-top luscious are going to always go, um, but we're looking for the, you know, beautiful color, beautiful lighting. Um, we used to help massage some of the imagery to keep our feed consistent, but uh, people are getting better and better at taking shots, particularly with their iPhones, um, and there are a lot of a lot more people out there who are building their own influencer accounts or really focused on how they're shooting things. So, yeah, we're finding it's gotten a lot easier to find beautiful photos. Um, it's also gotten a lot easier to find very direct-to-source local. When we started, the story wasn't as strong. And so we, were, we support local business flat out. But the more you can source within your region, the, it's like that's where you get our big love. When you go out to eat, are you taking pictures of your dishes, or how's that oh work? Oh, my goodness. I am. The this is the exact motion he uses, too. I don't know if you guys saw this. Yes, the, it's like the hands in front in of your chest head. with the phone. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do have, I kind of say I, I'm going to be that girl for a minute, <laughs> but uh, I will take pictures. Do your photos ever make it on the stream, or those for your? They personal do opinion? sometimes. Okay. Last night, my dinner last night made it on the on oh, the. Where'd you go last night? It was Laura Lee's. I'm gonna spoil her. Okay, it looked thanks, amazing. <laughs> I had to. I was so excited. I sent her a message last night and was like, "Yes." Okay. No, it was good. It's someone that we had scoped out, and I wanted to really enjoy a meal there. And how long are you in town for? Have you been able to try other we're places just, around we're town? We're just here for for today. Have some things lined up, and then we're headed back up to Winchester. So we're covering the whole state from Winchester, Virginia. So we have a lot of collaborative things going on to try and get the story out there. Is this your only Instagram account that you, or do you do a bunch of other Instagram accounts along with this one? This is the only one that we are managing. We provide some consulting to other brands. I'm very much about owning your content. 
Um, you can kind of tell when it's been hired out to have someone else manage it. Um, but I also know that not everyone is going to be natural. So we have some things that we do through our consulting side where we'll, we'll help brands um, get a project that fits the way they run their business so that they can be out there because it, it is kind of not having social right now is like saying, well, you know, that telephone was kind of, it's kind of out there. We're not going to introduce it into our business. I mean, it is how people are communicating is through these different platforms. What was the evolution of the page? Uh, obviously, you don't start with 47,000 followers. So was it, well, you, you described it for us. How did, it, how, did, how did you grow it? We started with social content um, first, and then we launched our website uh, a few months after that. Um, we uh, started with the hashtag VA Foodie. Uh, when, I think when we started using it, there might have been five posts where that tag had been used, and then we trained our audience to start sharing their content with this hashtag, and there's over 100,000 posts now out with just the VA foodie hashtag. Um, so we kind of taught our audience to tell us the story so that we could then put that story in front of a bigger crowd. And in terms of, so if someone tags VA foodie on Instagram posts, you see it and you say, this is a great photo, I'm going to put it on the main thread, or this is just for the audience in, in, at large? Or can I submit a photo? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Like, what if I have a What's really sexy photo of this Bloody Mary mix? Can I submit it to you? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, that's kind of how we get content. A lot of it is shared. But it, 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 we, it's not everything. Because believe me, we get a ton. The bigger you get, the more you get. <laughs> so we have a lot of content coming in. But we've got, a, we've got a story we're trying to tell. We do, have a media, we do have a media plan. We have a content plan. We know what stories are coming up in the coming months. Um, and so we try and work it in into that stream in a way that makes sense. Have there been any big surprises uh, along the way that you can share with, the, with us? I think the biggest is, you know, when I started this, I thought, you know, these, these brands, these manufacturers and makers, I, and I'm from the manufacturing side, I said, oh, we're going to make this, like, echo chamber, right, where there's, no one was saying influencer, and uh, where then these, these companies can connect, and what happened was the community connection was the first surprise early on, but we went, this is great, and we're going to go with it. It's, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That word influencer has now kind of gone the way of weirdly foodie. You know, foodie took that mm -hmm. up and now has gone down and, and now has gone back up. Now influencers and the kind of like the, mm, do we love them? Do we not like them? How do you feel about it? It's, it's interesting. Um, I think uh, there, there have always been influencers. We're just calling them that now. They're, we're celebrities, okay? And I think with everyone having the power of publishing in their pocket uh, right now, that there's that thing like, hey, I could do that. So there is a lot going on under the title influencer, you know. And so it's it's. I think we're in a bubble of this uh, of the of the very micro influencer. I think we're in a little bit of a bubble. Um, we are technically an influencer because we put things in pr front of people and then. They go, hey, you know, they, they might not have seen it before. 
I don't know if I answered your question, you but totally there's a did. lot going on. I think if you have one follower on Instagram, you're an influencer because somebody is watching it. So you 100% answered my question. Yeah. Um, we did have a question, another question come in through Instagram about local farms and visiting them to learn about the source of your local food. Is that something that, that you um, endorse? And if so, can you name any farms? No? My brow is wrink wrinkling because I'm like, why wouldn't you endorse that? Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that it is, uh, yes, I think you should be knowing where your food's coming from and knowing, knowing how it's produced. Are there, are there any farms that come to top of mind for someone that's just kind of getting into this area and learning about where their food's coming from and how it's produced that you would recommend? I don't have one top of mind, but there's, there's varying degrees in how farms are open to the public, you know? So I would say check before you show up. <laughs> Can I see how those lambs are doing? You know, but... Um, and I want to hold one. Yeah, but, you know, visit your farmer's markets for sure. Those are people who are coming out to get food closer to you. Um, look at our grow list online. See the ones we've found. These are all ones that have have got websites that you can get to and learn a little bit more about them. Um, pay attention to our content that's coming up because we're going to do a little farm series in the fall, things like that. There's going to be a farm series in the fall. Well, uh, yeah, the thing about farming in the fall, yeah. But this is um, farm, National Farmer's Market Week, so. This week right now? Yes. Ah, I totally should know that. It's National Farmer's Market Week, so visit your farmer's market. There's one here at St. Stephen's, if anybody's not aware of that, and it happens, I don't know, every week with delicious food. Do you want to see if uh, the audience has any, any I'm questions I'm getting ready for to take this mic and wander around to our studio audience. I've always wanted to say that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to walk around. Can you guys hear me? Sure can. So I have a, one question for you as I walk around. Since you're all over the state of Virginia, what is the best region to eat? Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> She pleads the fifth. She's a politician. I like it. Mm -hmm. Anybody have any questions in the audience here? Yes. Over here, we got one over here. Right. We're having to coax them. They're afraid to be on the podcast. You're going to get your steps in today. I like it. Hey, my name is Borden Edgerton. I was just curious if you had worked with any growers that are switching more to hydroponic growing as kind of a better resource for regular food throughout the year and still being able to keep local with the surroundings. Basically, you can grow hydroponically in most places anywhere. It doesn't have to be in California where we're getting our food from in a lot of cases. It's just kind of a general question about Virginia, if it's been a case or not. I'm not the person to ask technical questions about farming. I'm on the eating side of the food chain. But um, what I have been surprised about as we've become more connected to the farms is um, the how farms are extending their growing season with hoop houses and it seems to be from my layman's point of view becoming an easier entree than maybe in decades past that you can put these hoop houses up to, to help kind of control climate still out on the farmland but trying to um, and I'm starting to veer off of my expertise here, so I'll shut up. <laughs> so here's a maybe a dig-in question. Let's say I was a local producer or someone here in Virginia and wanted hashtag spawn content from you. Like, ballpark what that would cost me. 
I know. Spot on. Yeah, you put me on the spot. We're actually kind of changing our media model right now to veer away from these individual paid posts. We're going to we're looking for larger campaigns where our content is just in support of that. So we're going to be looking for a bigger sponsorship. Um, partly because uh, what our stream is becoming worth on the marketplace is becoming a big investment. Um, and um, we're looking more to keep our content authentic and not particularly paid for content. Um, those are things that I'm seeing in the smaller influencers where they're trying to get paid for what they're doing, and so then they become ad, ad, ad. And probably not necessarily always tagging them that way. So it's a little, you know, there's a lot of squirrely things going out of there. There's a lot of good pe people doing it right. But, yeah, so we're not going to be in the business of the one-off. It, does, it, does, it doesn't pay off to the smaller brands that well. Flip-flopping back and forth on what you love and what you don't love. Hashtag ad. I totally understand that. Yeah. Yes, over here. We have another vendor with us today, Peg Salt, and it looks so delicious. I don't know Hi, if Pegs. anybody's had any salt back here, but it's great. As a follow-up to that, what would you say to um, small food producers that want to get the word out and promote? They have some money to pay for it, but how would you evaluate somebody who's going to help you as an influencer or content and so on? What factors should they take into consideration before they pay for something that doesn't work? You should look for, you should really look at their content stream over time and not just like the last three. You should, you kind of look at what story are they telling and is that a right connection for your brand. Um, there are a lot of uh, fashion uh Instagram accounts out there that are regionally based and they have huge followers, but if they're, you know, if she, they're talking mostly about the clothes they're wearing, um, they're not, their audience isn't going to buy your salt. So, you know? <laughs> so you want to find some that works, something that works with your brand, really. That makes sense. Connect with your brand. Um, maybe if you're selling tunics, you're not also selling salt. Did you guys collaborate? Because I feel like a salt run Bloody Mary could be a thing. Oh, a novel salt. idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Question over here? I'm, I'm headed in that direction. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just I'll, I'll vamp. You will? I like yeah, it. Go ahead. So. <laughs> I'm busy thinking about rimmed Bloody Marys. I've lost all everything. So as a marketer, what would you recommend? You know, what is the most important thing for a small business to put their money behind or their energy behind, um, you know, in order to get their story out there. This is going to sound really ele elementary, but the first thing is to get your story clear and, and buttoned up because, and it, because then you'll be able to identify who are the better partners for you. I, I could, this is a big one, you know, but if you're asking me, like, where to put your money first, it is getting, getting your brand identity, like, really nailed down. And it's probably a very hard thing to do. I, I'm, like, 
if you've watched Virginia Foodie from the very beginning, we're, we're kind of, it's been evolving a little bit, like any, any new uh, concept does. I think being very clear about your brand is very good advice. I think sometimes that can be all over the place. What else do we have from audience here? When you're just a single person operation and you're trying to learn everything as you do it and you're needing to sell what you grow, finding time for Instagram, etc. Oh, that's How hard. How do you do that? <laughs> That is probably the biggest problem that small business run, businesses run into is that operations get in the way of the marketing side of it. Like, you're busy running your business. So, um, yeah, even with an audience the size that we have, planning content, like, when, I, when we don't have the week planned out, it's, it's nutso. Um, so thinking in advance and trying planning to plan some content out. You don't have to be doing it every single day, um, or or uh, you just need some consistency. And it's it's really about being able to have your brand story out there if somebody's coming looking for you. So, um, you know, we're we're growing a gigantic audience of. I'm not sure that a very small brand needs that audience the size that we have, you know. Um, and it, it's a lot to maintain. Do you use a scheduler? That might help you a little bit. Like there's something called an Instagram scheduler, which you can do, you can Sunday night. It's, it's, I use Planoly, which is P-L-A-N-O-L-Y.com. Yeah. But if you don't want to have to do it every day, which is like super, like time, like a time suck, an Instagram scheduler is crazy helpful. So you can take your, I don't know, coffee time at Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and just plan out your week of Instagram. Now, obviously, being live is engaging from your content standpoint, but it helps out to not have to do it if you do get sucked into other work. It's, it's, and it's yeah. super user-friendly because I suck at computers. Absolutely. <laughs> I was wondering about the how how your audience grew. I feel like part of the 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 uh, the promise of of digital in influence is that it'll it'll like go viral and it'll happen sort of all at once. Did you have sort of that moment where you all of a sudden had like ten times the followers overnight, or was it very much something that you had to sort of grind out over the years? Um. There are there were a few like tipping points like it was kind of grinding it out to and I'm not the only person uh, who responsible for the content. There's there's uh, we've actually had it change hands a few times who's been running it, but um, yeah, you just have to you you grind it out every day. Um, the biggest thing I can say about social content is that word social. Um, if you're trying to grow. You, you know, you have to think about what are you, what is your mission with your social content, um, and if you're trying to grow your audience, you need to connect with like-minded uh, people, which is other brands, um, other businesses, but also followers. You have to engage with them in the comments. Like you have to be social. You know, it's just like when you go to a party and just say, hey, I saw widgets, I saw widgets, I saw widgets. Like, nobody's going to want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you've That's got, my yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
you've got to be social to grow a group of people who are interested in you. I got a ton of questions on Instagram. Um, okay. They just asked us, they really want to know where you're eating. Like people are super excited about you and want to know where it is that you eat. Now you're from Winchester. You can tell me what's good there. Um, so what we do when we're, when we're trying to pick a place to eat is we, we look at um, what they're doing with their, their menu and how creative they are and how are they locally, you know, what are their local ties. Um, I just, we also, for our content, because we're a digital stream, we're looking at your digital footprint. And I was just going to say, we were in Charlottesville um, like a week or so ago and found a restaurant there that literally should have been on Virginia from the, Virginia Foodie from the get-go, but we had not, uh, it just, they're just not active. Um, they're chef-owned, um, yeah, so I'm like, who was it? That was <laughs> Fellini number nine. Um, uh, they had on their menu like 15 sources that have been part of the Virginia foodie lexicon since day one. And I was like, holy cow, I feel like a heel. So if you guys have secrets out there that you're not sharing, share them so that we can put them out there. We cannot be in every spot at once. See how I didn't say my favorite? Because they're all my favorites. (laughs) Do you want to share anything about what's next for Virginia Foodie? I do, because I'm really excited. We were kind of hustling to to be ready for today. But our primary website uh, got a facelift and a technology lift a little bit. We cleaned up some things that were making it uncomfortable for users. So our site got renovated today. Um, We also started our merchandise program. So we have an online shopping. But the biggest thing that we're going to launch here in the fall is uh, a membership program for our followers. Um, For $15 a quarter or $40 a year, you'll be a card-carrying Virginia Foodie family member. And with that, you'll get discounts online. But we're also partnering with businesses within the local food community and asking them, would you be a Virginia Foodie partner and would you honor this membership card with something for your patrons when they come in and we're not really directing um, we're not really directing the businesses what to do because I can't you know I can't say oh well you need to give them 5% off like I can't do that because you're running your business but you could be giving a discount you could be uh, have a secret menu item or you could have a special or a coupon something that will go to our followers. We send out a hot and fresh email um, once a week. We've got probably around 1,500 subscribers to that. We send out a monthly blog email to all of our followers. And then uh, our card members, our family members, will um, get a special email once a month that says, here's, here's some news from our partners. So you'll get in front of that audience uh, and get, have an opportunity to make a connection. We're having a lot of people using our site as a way to get to businesses. And as you said, mar- running marketing as a small business is a little bit hard to do. And trying to get them to backtrack of, like, oh, you came here because of Virginia Foodie. It was a little hard. So this card will help your business understand what kind of <laughs> influence <laughs> we had on them. Very nice. Well, thank you for speaking with us today. Give George a round of applause.
Um, this podcast, this podcast will go live later tonight, maybe tomorrow, um, and you can find it. You can subscribe to the podcast Eat It Virginia on anywhere that you get your local podcast. We'll also put it on WTVR.com, uh, which is CBS 6's website here in town, and EatItVirginia.com, so you can re-listen. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. Thanks so much. This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.